Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. Wow. I, I grew up in a Spanish church, so when we go to Spanish songs, I love Spanish worship. That's, yeah, Spanish worship is something different for me. I just love it, love it. But, um, you know, just keep it in your heart to pray for Pastor and his, and his mother. And we'll just continue praying as a church for him. Um, so we're going to continue the series he started last week. And it goes, it's uh, the series Fresh Air. 2 Timothy 1.16 says, May the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all his family because he visited me and encouraged me often. His visits revived me like a breath of fresh air, and he was never ashamed of my being in jail. Thank you, Father, for this word you're about to speak today. We pray that it's you speaking through me and not me out of my own understanding, but it's you, God. Use my lips, use my tongue, God. Let it be you speaking to the congregation today, Father. Let the seed that is spoken fall on fertile soil and let us produce good fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seat. So how many of us are in need of a breath of fresh air? How many of us are that breath of fresh air for other people? You know, how many of us have already been exhausted at the beginning of the year We thought, oh, new start, fresh start, let's get going. We already broke our New Year resolution, right? Not yet. <laughs> you know, how many of us can be that breath of fresh air for our neighbor beside us? How many of us know how to become that breath of fresh air that Onesiphorus was to Paul? You know, I want everybody to take a deep breath in. Now let it out. One more time, one more time. In. Just don't get mad at your neighbor if you smell a little bit of bad breath because they forgot to brush your teeth this morning. All right? Spouses, don't elbow your husband. It's okay. You know, there are two words in the Bible that describes air or, or breeze or air. Um, how many, I know Odessa got hit with a pretty bad windstorm since Friday night. You know, that was, that was something else. So um, there's two words in the Bible that describes air or even the spirit of God, how he's described. The first one is ruach in the Hebrew. It is a wind, a breath, a violent exhalation, blast of breath. And then when it comes to God, it, it is the spirit of God as energy of life. And we see that in Genesis 1-2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The second word is pneuma in the Greek. It is a current of air, blast of breath, a strong breeze. And when it comes to Defining the spirit of God is the spirit sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes his work and power, which we see in John 6, 63. It says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. I'll reread it. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. We will focus on Numa today. Because we all need the Spirit of God to give us life. How many of us need the Spirit of God to give us life? To give life to our circumstances, to give life to our situations that we face each and every single day. To give, lives, to give, to give us life and take away our addictions. To give us life 
and take away our anxiety, our depression that we feel. We need the Spirit of God to give us life each and every single day, especially in our marriages, in our relationships with our kids. We need the Spirit of God to give us life when we feel hopeless and lonely and we don't know what to do. We need the Spirit of God to give life, to breathe life into our lives right now. I don't know about you, Impact City, but I do need the Spirit of God to breathe life into my life. Because I know without His Spirit in my life, I am nothing. Without His Spirit, everything becomes void. And it's like verse 63 says, the flesh counts for nothing. Without His Spirit, I'm walking in the flesh. Without His Spirit, it counts for nothing. That's why we need the Spirit of God to work in our lives each and every single day. We need the Spirit to work in our lives when we're in the verge of dying spiritually. Pastor brought it up last week when he was talking about a lukewarm church. We're, we're, we're in the doldrums sometimes. We're, we're neither hot nor cold. And in Revelations, it talks about that he was talking to the church. He said, for you are neither hot or cold, but lukewarm. I will vomit you out of my mouth. You know, where are we at? We need the Spirit of God to give us life and to reignite that fire that we once had for him. It's been prophesied in Ezekiel. We see the valley of the dry bones when God was talking to Ezekiel. He said, would these bones ever live? And Ezekiel was telling God, Lord, only you know. Only you know. And then we see God breathe life into these bones, and these bones came to life, flesh upon flesh on the bones, and you saw the tendons get put back on the bones. We all need God to breathe life into our circumstances because sometimes we try to do it on our own and we can't. We will never get far enough on our own, with our own power, through our own might. We need God in the midst of every circumstance that we face, in the midst of relationships with our children, in the midst of relationships with the brethren in the church. We need God each and every single day. How then can God breathe life into our circumstances? How can we know that God has breathed life into our situations that we face each and every single day? The second half of John 6, 63 says, The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. The words I have spoken to you. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. The the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. And we know that the Spirit gives life. So understanding the words of Jesus... The words that are written on the Bible, that's how we know that we can get filled with life. Last week, Pastor talked about enjoying prayer and how prayer was modeled. And this week, we're going to talk about how to enjoy the Word of God, the living Word. We'll be talking about the living Word because the Bible is the living, breathing Word of God. It is inerrant, it is infallible Word of God. And do we believe that, church? That we believe when you read the scriptures that there is truth behind them, that there is life behind them when we read scriptures. Hebrew 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible is a living, breathing word of God. It is active. Is it active in your life, Christian? You that proclaim to be a Christian, even me, 
Is it active and alive in, in my life? Do I run to the Bible before I run to the gossip column? Do I run to the Bible before I run to, to, to Facebook and f- try to find out what to do next? Do I run to the Word of God? You know, we see in Ephesians that the Word of God is our offensive weapon when it comes to the armor of God, right? It's the sword of the Spirit. We use that to fight the enemy. If we don't have the sword of the sword of the Spirit, if we don't have the Word of God, how are we supposed to fight back? How are we supposed to defend ourselves? Most of us have heard the acronym Bible, right? Basic instructions before leaving earth. For the football people in here that are excited that Cowboys made the playoffs, it is our playbook. The Bible is our playbook that we go by each and every day. Do we follow the playbook in our lives daily, or do we just hold it in the back corner collecting dust? Do we go to it when we don't know what to do in certain circumstances with our finances, with our, with our parents and our children, with our spouses, with our friends? Do we run to the Word of God or do we run to other things before? If, as Bible-believing Christians... Our lives should line up according to the Word of God each and every day. When we wake up to the time we go to bed, our life should line up to the Word of God. We will, never, we will never be perfect, but the Word of God is perfect. We will never be perfect, but we can always try to line up our lives according to the Word of God in everything we do. In everything we do, go to prayer and go to the Word of God. Are we doing the right things with our family? Are we doing the right choices each and every single day? How can we activate the Word of God in our life? How can we activate the Word of God in our life? It is by faith that we can activate the Word of God. So number one, faith activates the Word of God. Hebrews 4.2. For we also have had good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. For we also had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. If we truly want to and have the word of God to be of any value to us, we must have faith. Because without faith, there is no value to it. They're just words. Without faith and believing that the word of God is true and infallible, they're just words written in another book. They're just, uh, depending on your Bible, if they're all black or black and red, the words of Jesus, they're all just words. But with faith, we believe that the word of God is true, it is infallible, and it has power in our lives. Without faith, you will not believe that. So we need faith to activate this word. We need faith to believe that the word of God can move mountains in our lives. We need faith to believe that the word of God can heal a a sick family member. We need faith to believe that God can break those bondages that are holding us back of addiction. We need faith to activate the word of God in our lives. Because without faith, it says they heard there was no value to them. Without faith, there is no value to anything. And further on in Hebrews in chapter 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we need faith each and every day in our lives to believe that God has a better plan and a better purpose for our lives. Without faith, we're just living a mundane life each and every day. So we need faith to activate the word of God in our lives. 
So what then activates our faith? What then can activate our faith? Revelation activates our faith. Number two, revelation activates our faith. We see this take place in the life of Mary. Before she had Jesus, the angel, when it was prophesied to her that she would have Jesus, the angel came to her. And they had a dialogue back and forth. The angel was telling her, hey, you're going you're gonna to conceive the Savior of the world. And she, she didn't ask him, how would this come to be? And so the angel explains to her, you know, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be through the Holy Spirit. And your cousin Elizabeth will also have a baby, even though she's barren. And she's already six, weeks, six, six months in. And then the final words that the angel says to her, he says, For no word from God will ever fail. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. And Mary then says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. I love the angels of the word. The, the words of the angel. For no word from God will ever fail. How many of y'all truly believe that? No word from God will ever fail. Us as persons, we can fail our children. I can tell my children one day, hey, we're going to have a movie night. Something comes up, we don't have a movie night, I just fail them. But no word from God will ever fail. His words are true yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His words will never fail us. Whatever he says has to come to be because he is true. There's no, no lie in him. What is amazing that truly believing that no word of God will ever fail. He hasn't failed us in the past. He hasn't failed, especially when I've fallen short. He hasn't failed me in the present, especially when I go through circumstances. And I know he will never fail me in the future because his words will always come to pass. His words will never fail. So what then activates revelation for us? It is meditation. Meditation will activate revelation in our lives. We see that in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be, may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful and do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and success, uh, sorry, successful. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, and you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful and do everything written in it, that you may be prosperous and successful. We should have a constant hunger for the word of God in our lives. Where we should want to meditate on it day and night. When we are attacked, we run to the word of God and find our comfort in God and only in him. We see Jesus use the word to combat the enemy. In Matthew 4, Jesus is taken to the wilderness after fasting 30 days or 40 days, I believe. Yeah, 40 days. You know, the devil tries to tempt them. And then he finally says, you know, hey, I'll give you whatever you, you want. And the words that Jesus says are amazing. He tells them, not only by bread shall man live alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Not by bread alone shall we live, 
but every word that comes out of the mouth of God, the very book that is in front of you, the living, breathing word of God, which is active, that's what we can use to combat the enemy. That's what we can use in our life each and every single day. So when loneliness strikes our lives, we, can, we know we can run to the word of God because he says, I will be with you through the end of the ages. Whenever we have tribulations in our lives, we know that the word of God says, in this world you will, you will face many tribulations, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. When illness strikes, we know that by his stripes we are healed. When we battle addictions and sin has come over us, we know that Jesus came to set the captives free. And he has broken any bondages of our lives, the bondage of addiction, the bondage of depression or anxiety. And who, the word says, whom the son has set free is free indeed. Through his word, we can combat any addictions, any circumstances that come and face us. It's through his word that we can fight the enemy each and every single day. Sometimes we face mental illnesses as well. Through that, through his word, we know we can combat that. We know we can stand strong and stand firm in the word of God because it is true. It is alive and active in our lives. When we feel like we are without purpose, we see in Jeremiah when, when the Lord t- talks to Jeremiah about the people of Israel. He says, for I know I have the, plan, I, the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans to prosper you, not harm you. The plans to give you hope and a future. If you ever feel like, where are you going? There's a plan and a purpose for your life. When the world and society around us is coming down and it's crashing, what do we do? We can run to the word of God. We can run to the Bible. And the amazing thing is we know how the story ends. When life seems difficult, when society seems to be crumbling all around us, we know how the story ends with Jesus on the throne. That is amazing. To know how the story ends, even though I'm facing this difficulty right now, even though my family is sick at home, even though my mom and my brother and my sister are all sick, I know how the story ends with Christ on the throne. It doesn't matter if my brother is lost because I know that God will reach him because I believe in his word that he will reach him. It doesn't matter if my sister is running away from God. I know that God can reach her. It doesn't matter if other family members do not see God how I see him, but I know that God will reach him because I know how the story ends with him on the throne. He came down and died for our sins so we could have salvation. That's how the story ends for us. We know where it, how it ends. So what are our next steps that we can do with the living word of God? One, it's, it's, a, it's authority. We must accept the authority of the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human, but as, actually, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed a work in you who believe. We need to accept the word of God as the final authority in our lives. You know, sometimes we have the final authority out on the streets with, with the cops and speed limits. To me, they're just suggestions sometimes because I constantly speed. So <laughs> my kids know it too. My wife knows it. I constantly speed every once in a while. So... They're just suggesting signs for me, but they're actual speed limits. There's laws. 
and their, their authority. If I don't obey the laws, there's repercussions for it. We need to accept the word of God as the final authority in our lives because through it we will see blessings. And if we don't obey, we can see curses. You know, what we see disobedience in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit. There was disobedience. But once, once we accept the word of God as a final authority and obey it, there will be blessings in our lives. You know, the word of God should have final say in how we live out of this Christian walk that we're living in. It needs to have the final say in how we speak, how we interact with other people, how we interact with our spouses, our children, the brethren sitting right next to you, and other, other people as well. It needs to be the final authority how we interact with the lost. We were all once lost. The word of God doesn't just need to stay here. It needs to reach out to the lost. Because without the word of God, we will all be lost. Because we know what Jesus did on the cross for us, that he paid the price for our sins, that he was the propitiation for our sins when we were all lost. Without the word of God, we wouldn't know who Jesus was in our lives. He would, it would just be another, another person in the history book. But through faith, we believe that the word of God is true, and it's alive and active in our lives. How we should raise our children, the word of God should be our final authority in that. You know, we, we all use, as parents, we all use this, the, what, what Proverbs says, spare the rod, spoil the child when we discipline our kids. But it's true. The word of God teaches us how to discipline our children. Our, the word of God teaches us how to love our wife like Christ loved the church. The Word of God teaches us how to interact with our brethren. The Word of God should be the final authority how we act and react, think and speak. The Word of God has to be the final authority in our lives. Because if it's not, do we truly have faith in the Word of God? Number two, we need to make the Word of God make it part of our everyday life. Make it part of our everyday life. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 through 9. These commandments that I give you today are there to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and buy them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and your gates. We must make the word of God part of our everyday lives. Last week we learned making prayer part of our everyday lives. We're learning how to make the word of God part of our everyday lives. Because without the word of God, we can get attacked easily. Without the word of God, we don't have a direction to go by. We, we need, this is our playbook. This is our instructions on how to live life, how to teach our children. It says, teach your children. You know, we, I've, we've kind of slacked off. We used to read a chapter after dinner every single day and ex, with the kids and explain it. We used to go over it and try to, you know, decipher what it says. Study the word. Show yourself approved. You know, we used to study the the. You know, we slacked off a little bit. That's, that's on me. As head, of the, as head of the house, that's on me. So we need to go back to it. We need to go back to studying the word of God and learning and make, make sure that we're approved. Teach our children. And our children will teach their children when they get older. So, so what are we teaching our children? You know, I was talking to somebody the other day. And 
we're talking like, how, what do we teach kids? The, you know, and I was like, the teaching of the Word of God for our children should be done mostly at home. You know, we, we, we see our kids in the church. We use the time frame of the church. We come to church on Sundays for about, let's say, two hours. Do that four, four, four to five times a month. So that's eight hours to ten hours. And then if we do Wednesdays, that's another two hours. That's another, four to, uh, that's another eight hours to ten hours. So 16 hours a month the church gets your kids. 16 hours a month. The school takes them for almost 40 hours, you know, a week. That's about 160 hours a month, okay? How much longer are they at your home than they are in these other places? So what are these other places teaching them? If our children only get God or receive God here at our church, that's about 16 hours. I already lost my numbers, but uh, it was... Uh, 16 hours, just 16 hours that they receive God at church if we only teach them at church. But if, as parents, we should stand up, and if we truly believe what the Word of God says, why are we not teaching the Word of God to our children? I put myself in that category. Why am I not teaching my children the Word of God? If it tells me, meditate on it day and night. Teach it to your children. These are commandments I give you today. They're to be on your hearts. They might be on my heart, but they're on my children's heart. How, how is the word of God ever going to be in their heart if I don't teach my children? How is the word ever going to reach them if they only get 16 hours of the word a month and they get over 400 hours of whatever else at school or at home? So we must make the word of God part of our everyday lives and we must teach our children about the greatness of God and the power and the mercy that God has on our lives. Because if we don't teach our children... And we, we call them the next generation that are going to be the next pastors, the, the, next, the next people that are going to preach the word of God. And if they don't learn about the word of God now, when will they learn? Or will they just fall away? If the worship team wants to come up. I know it's short. It's pretty fast. If we don't make the word of God part of our everyday lives, how will we know? that we are sinners in desperate need of a Savior. If we don't make the Word of God part of our everyday lives, how will we know that Jesus paid the price for our sins? How will the lost ever know that there is salvation for them? How will the people in bondage ever know that there is someone that can set them free? How will they know if we don't make the Word of God part of our everyday lives and speak it to them? It's not just about knowing. This will get us to point three. We need to put it into practice. It's not just about knowing the word of God, having all the knowledge. We can have all the knowledge in the world. We can know the word of God cover to cover, have it memorized. But if we do not know the word of God and how we can activate it in our life and put it into practice in our lives, it is for nothing. It is just knowledge. And it does us no good. It is knowledge without faith because once you have faith, it activates everything else around you. It makes you want to put it into practice. Once you have faith, it, wants you, it makes you want to tell everybody, hey, there is salvation for you. There is a Savior willing to save you from whatever grimy stuff you're in. 
There's a Savior willing to heal you from whatever you're sick of. There's a Savior willing to move mountains for you. When we put it into practice, your faith is start up. And everybody around you needs to know that there's a God that loves them. There's a God that loves them so much so that he gave his only begotten son. That they may not perish but have everlasting life. We need to put it into practice. And James talks about it. James chapter 1 verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And then verse 23 to 24 talks about looking in a mirror and when you look back, what do you see? But verse 25, we'll jump to verse 25. It says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I'm going to read verse 25 again. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. The word of God is his perfect law. It gives us freedom and continues in it. Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. That will be blessed in what they do. And then John chapter 13, verse 17. After being with his disciples, Jesus for a while, he had been with his disciples for a while. This is right, you know, a, little, a bit before he gets crucified, he washes the disciples' feet. He's washing the disciples' feet and he's talking to them. And he tells them, not that you know these things. Everything I have taught you till now, everything you've seen till now, everything you've heard me speak about, everything you've heard me do till now, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Everything that you have seen and you've heard, everything that I have spoken, do them, is what Jesus was telling them. Everything that you've seen and heard, do them and you will be blessed. We need to put, the, put into practice the word of God, what the word of God says. If we would practice what the word of God says, it would change us from the inside out. It would change how, how we see our spouse. It would change how we see our kids. It would change how we see our brothers and sisters. It would, see, it would change how we see the lost. And it's, it is a mission field for us. The church is not supposed to have the word of God just here. It's supposed to go out to the world. That was their great commission. To speak the word of God to the lost. If we put into practice the word of God. Us as Christians. How much of a difference could we make in this world? How much would the lives of our children change in their homes? How much will it affect our schools? How many, how, a lot of us send our kids to public school. We have seen and heard that things are getting worse from the time that we were going to school. But if we teach the, the word of God to our children and they change because of God, how much more can they change our schools and change our society that we're living in? We need to put into practice the word of God. So we need to accept the word of God as a final authority in our lives. We need to make it part of our everyday life. And we need to put it into practice each and every day. It's not going to be easy always running to the Bible. It's not going to be easy. Like prayer isn't easy sometimes. But we need to run to it. We always put it at the, at the end of everything. We try to do everything on our own power. But once we start putting the word of God first and prayer first in our lives and God first in our life. 
everything will start getting better. It will, it will fall into a rhythm where whenever the enemy attacks me, I know I can run to the word of God and defend myself with the word of God. Because it is the living, breathing word of God. It is active and alive in us today. You know, if with all our eyes closed, if you want to make God part of your life, if you want to make Jesus the Savior of your life today, we have an opportunity. You know, here at Impact City, we're all family, so we're going to do this together. We're going to pray a prayer. And if you want to accept the Lord into into your life, right now is the time to do it. It's simple as ABC. We're going to accept that we're we're a sinner. We're going to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died on the cross for us, for for our sins, and he rose on the third day. And we're going to confess that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of our lives. So if you want to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we we just give you thanks today. We thank you for the for your son Jesus. We accept that we are sinners, God, in desperate need of a savior. We believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and to pay the ultimate sacrifice. And we confess that Jesus is king and savior of my life. If you pray that prayer, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. And if we could all stand up. You know, putting the word to work in our lives, it's easier said than done. I challenge parents. Let's start teaching the word of the word to our children. It is alive and active. If it's alive and active in us, it needs to be alive and active in our children as well. If we know the promises of God and we believe them to be true, our children should know the promises of God and believe them as well. So I challenge our parents, let's teach our children and then they can teach their children and their children. So we'll just go into prayer. Heavenly Father, We give you thanks, Jesus. The altar is open for anybody. We just give you thanks, Father, for the ultimate sacrifice that your son had paid for us, God. I, as a father, pay for forgiveness, God, where I have failed and not taught my children your word, God, where I haven't taught my children your promises, God. But I thank you because you're constantly teaching me through your word, God, that I don't have to live in bondage, that I don't have to live with the burden of my past mistakes, that you have forgiven me for it, God. We thank you because your word is alive and breathing in my life and it's given us life. Like your word says, the spirit gives life, God. And we thank you because you're continually giving us life each and every day. You're giving life to our circumstances where we see no way out, God. You continually give life to issues in our life that seem to be dead. When I was lost 
And then in my own sins, you gave me life. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you, Father, for your word. Your word is true. And your promises are true, God. And I can hold on to them. When I feel lonely, I know that you are with me. Your word says you are with me to the end of the ages. When I feel sick or have family members that are sick, we know that through your stripes we are healed. When we feel we're, we're in bondage to sin, when we feel we're in bondage to our depression or our anxiety, we know that we can be, be set free. Because your word says, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And I hold on to that promise that you have freed me, God. That you have freed each and every single person in this place today, God. They are free from whatever bondage is holding them back. They are free from, from whatever circumstance is keeping them down from seeing you, who you are, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you.